0: You're listening to the Pivot Storytelling and Business Growth Podcast, exploring the role of storytelling and metaphor in small business and entrepreneurship. Here's your host, Sean Bouvala. Hey, everybody. It is Sean Bouvala from the Pivot Storytelling and Business Growth Podcast. Thanks for listening again. I'm thinking about how companies Share stories. And sometimes when we start talking about storytelling, metaphor, things like that, people think about how they share those things with their customers. But my question always is, is how do companies share stories together with their employees? And in particular, how do nonprofit organizations share their stories with their volunteers? Here's why. It's okay if your whole giant staff knows stories, but if the people who are at the front, which are often the volunteers, if the people at the front of your organization, of your forward-facing, consumer-facing world, if they don't know your stories, they can't help you talk about your organization. They can't help you achieve the goals of your organization. So here's a story about that. I was uh, at a grocery store. And you know how sometimes at the grocery stores, uh, people will sit outside the front of the store and they will collect things for charities. Um, Girl Scout cookies, for example, they're like kryptonite to me. Girl Scout cookies are a good example of that. There's other things, there's charities, there's Um, one in particular that I'm thinking of was people sitting outside a Safeway or something along that line. And as I left the store with my groceries in hand, the people who are sitting at this table raising funds for a shelter, they called out to me, do you want to donate any money to help pets, lost pets? Now, in my house, in our organization, pets are a big deal. I think we're on um, the seventh of what we call the lost dogs, the rescue animals that come from uh, the local pounds, uh, foster failures that we have, <laughs> things like that. Um, so pets and recovery and uh, important, uh, you know, how to deal with rescue animals. That's all really important to us. So she caught my attention. So I turned and I said, yes, I would love to hear about what you do to rescue animals. And she says, well, this is the name of our shelter and this is what we do. And we're collecting money to help feed the animals. And I said, oh, I said, how does that work? I said, what, how does somebody help animals? And she's kind of quiet, kind of stares at me like, why would I ask such a question? Of course, they just help animals. And I said, well, what's one of the coolest things your, your shelter's ever done? Can you tell me about any of the animals? And she's silent. Now, this isn't like, you know, a 13-year-old child. This isn't like, you know, a 9 year old woman. This is a middle-aged woman sitting there looking at me like I'd asked her a question that no one ever thought of before. And she can't tell me anything about what the organization does. She can't tell me about any of the animals. None of the animals have a name, apparently. She can't even give me names of animals. She gives me nothing except We Help Animals. Well, that's great because there's lots of pounds that we help animals out there, but she had no story of the organization and what it did. And so instead of grabbing people with, let me tell you about a great story. Instead of grabbing people with, Hey, would you like to help give money so that we can adopt more fluffies or whatever? So when I turned to her and say, tell me about your organization, she starts with the stories of animals that they've saved. Fluffy number one, Rover number two. She starts with those stories instead, but she can't give them to me because she hasn't been trained by the organization. She was essentially a collection basket to hopefully get some money. So I kind of smiled at her, you know, she was trying. And so I dropped a couple of bucks in her basket and then went on with my thing. Thinking to myself, the opportunity that's been missed there is that no one from the organization has taught the volunteers... The stories of the organizations. When people give money to a nonprofit organization, with few exceptions, they don't give money to numbers, they give money to who gets helped. Just think, if you will, about the visual metaphors that are on television with with uh, puppies that are shivering in the cold, uh, or uh, think about the metaphors with, with children or the children's hospitals, things like that, those kind of visual things where you get a piece of the story. As a matter of fact, these organizations say that when you... Sign up to give. We're going to send you a picture and a story of an animal that you're going to save. We're going to send you a picture and a story of uh, one of the families that you're helping. So we're going to put this in metaphor, put this in storytelling so that you can carry it. Are they still achieving the results that they want to achieve? Yes, they're achieving the results, which is to raise money for their organization. You raise more money for your organization when you have metaphor, and storytelling to carry the basket for you. This is true in any business that you're doing. If you're selling insurance, you are one of a thousand insurance agencies that I can find within 10 miles of my home. Everybody's selling insurance. But I'd much rather know about your insurance work. I'd much rather know that when I call you for insurance, it's going to be your five-year-old daughter who answers the phone. See, that's the story that we actually worked with, with a client. And why, What what is, the, what is the metaphor, what is the reason, what's the story that connects with that? Well, the point of the story was that if you call this insurance agent, agent, it's very possible that you could have ended up speaking to the five-year-old daughter. Why? Because when you call the insurance agent, the number that you're calling is their cell phone. You get directly to the agent. You don't go through a switchboard. You don't go through a secretary. You don't go through administration. When you call this agent because you need help, you get their cell phone. And sometimes children pick up cell phones and answer them. So her point was, if you call me, it might be my five-year-old daughter who answers. This is an image, a basket that carries the truth that this insurance agent cares so much for her people that the phone, (laughs) the number that they call is a direct line to her. It's not an advertising slogan. Customers are important to me. It's not an advertising slogan. I'll take your call. It's a way to carry that. Oh yeah, you're the agent with the five-year-old who answers the phone. Do your people know your stories? Do you let stories carry the baskets of facts and information that you've got? I think especially if you're in a nonprofit organization or a very small entrepreneurial small business, the people at your front desk who greet the customers, they need to know your story. They need to be able to express what you're doing, just like you would do as a business owner, as a nonprofit director, et cetera. Anyway, that's my thoughts for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Sean Bavala from morethanspeaking.com. You can find me in all the regular places. On Twitter, I'm at Storyteller. And on Instagram, I'm SeanTells, S-E-A-N-T-E-L-L-S.com. And of course, I'm all over Facebook. If you'd like some help, please let us know. We're here to help you. Thanks for listening. Is it time for you to narrow the gap between what your business can do and where your customers are? Your stories bring you and your clients together. Get started with professional coaching and training with Sean Bovala. Visit MoreThanSpeaking.com. The Pivot Storytelling and Business Growth Podcast. Copyright 2020.